It's Mark and Pete. Hello and welcome to the show. More colourful conversations with Mark and Pete. This is the show dedicated to religion, politics and business. Each week, clergyman Pete and businessman Mark debate an important topic. Well, there is none bigger than the one that we have today. EU referendum. The big decision. Yes, folks, the United Kingdom will, on the 23rd of June of 2016, decide whether to stay in the European Union or actually leave the European Union. Which is best? What is best for the people? What is actually best for the United Kingdom or even for Europe? Now, with me today is clergyman Pete, who has a particular opinion. Mm. Now, although he does have an opinion, we're going to give both cases. So, first of all, let me ask you, clergyman Pete, Mm. what's your view on the whole saga about the European Union and the referendum? Well, my overall view of it is one of um, slight depression in oh. that it, it's, it was a good idea back uh, back in the 50s, you know, looking back on the war to try and work together and have a way of these nations that had been at war to try and function as, tra- as a trading block was a good idea. But it's all gone very, very wrong. And uh, the question, uh, from whichever side you're coming from or whichever decision you make, all centres around that. What happened to that original idea and how is that really benefiting the nation states within Europe? Yes. Well, there are many, many um, politicians, businessmen, and even members of the public who have fought vehemently over this particular campaign. In fact, it's actually got quite vitriolic in some cases. Mm. So let's start with the first case. This is to remain within the European Union. Now, there's some strong arguments here. So I'm going to sort of um, perhaps sort of set up the scene with a simple little poem. This is called Spin or In. The Euro referendum is about to begin, leaving many of folks scratching their chin. Forget all the hype and the media spin. Is the outvote near it now wearing thin? To some, the union is like a loony bin. To others, leaving Europe would be a deadly sin. From Rome, Paris, Madrid through Berlin, they all want us to stay within. Yet, when it comes to saving our fiscal skin, the Brussels bureaucrats start to grin. Knowing fiscal fear will just keep us in. So heads UK loses and tail tails they win. (laughs) Yes. So are the Brussels bureaucrats really going to win this game? Now, let's um, start some um, simple arguments. Britain, they claim, is going to be stronger and safer by staying in Europe. Now, why is that? Because they say, basically, that there will be a stronger economy. Now, just to put some context here, is the EU membership adds up to $91 billion pounds a year to the UK economy. That's a substantial, quite a substantial amount of money, meaning there'll be more money to invest in things like the National Health Service and many other worthy causes. Here's another one. Um, stronger leadership on the world stage, effectively being united, we will be able to be at the top of the table. 
a good argument, I would say. But then also we would get more out than we actually put in. So for what they claim here is, is that for every pound that we put into the EU, we get almost £10 back in lower prices, more jobs and things that uh, we can invest in and, and worthy causes. Now, let me ask you, Clergyman Pete, what do you think about that as a, as a strong argument? Well, the argument in terms of how we are on balance financially um, is, I think, perhaps the best one for staying in the EU. Because, of of course, number one, we can't say how it would be after leaving, because after leaving there would be a negotiation process which lasts uh, two years. So there's a limit on it, but it's still that's, that is t- time um, to renegotiate things. So you don't know what's going to happen afterwards. So even if you're slightly better off, you could argue, staying in, um, then you know it's, it's, best, it's best to vote remain in the EU. However, there, there are a couple of issues with that. One is that um, the money that's paid into the EU in terms of a membership fee and other payments uh, contributing... Uh, to payments to uh, Greek with its problems, Greece, sorry, with its problems with debt. Um, those payments in, we don't, we lose money, and we don't receive any money back that we decide on. So, for <clears> example, um, apart from the um, the negotiated rebate um, of, um, of of Britain's membership, uh, which um, you know was negotiated some time ago, which brings down the amount that actually leaves uh, Britain. Each week or each month, however you time it, um, the 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 money that we get back, apart from that, it isn't money at all that we get to, to spend on whatever we want. It's it's decided in Europe what it should be paid on. So mm. you actually lose far more money from your sphere of control. So it's spent in areas, sometimes in Britain, but it could be spent anywhere, and it could yes. be spent on competitors of Britain. So I would say well, overall financially. What you're doing is you, even though it, on balance it may be about the same, you know, possibly slightly better remaining in the EU, you've lost control. That's ah, now, control. Good point. Let's make a point about being safer. So, this is still on the remaining in campaign. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. many people believe that um, there's a couple of points. So, let me just get these points across. So, first of all, fighting cross border crime. So, the European arrest warrant allows the United Kingdom to deport criminals from the United Kingdom and catch those fleeing justice from across Europe. Seems reasonable. But also tackling global threats like terrorism and climate change. I know that's a huge um, subject and quite a gulf in itself. Now, what they're claiming here is, is that with global threats that don't uh, stop at borders, um, strengthening numbers through i.e. being part of the EU keeps UK families safer and protects our future. Now, that is a bold claim, um, but I can see the argument that effectively if we are collaborating more strongly and we're more integral to the European Union, surely our borders will be safer, wouldn't they? Well, you're putting the word borders there. Um, now, of course, with there being open borders uh, to migration, um, that's uh, it's debatable the borders could be safer. But even without borders being effectively safer uh, because people are coming in who are who uh, have the right to uh, come in and work um, without having to apply for a visa, etc., then um, but you could still be argued that you're safer because we've got knowledge about them, about these people, which can be shared between different, um, different police forces as well yes. as border control. So it's not just borders. 
Um, so you could, that's certainly a good argument for working together. But actually, it's not a particularly good argument for the European Union because uh, there's two areas there. One is Interpol already effectively links the um, police forces across uh, Europe. There's, there's no necessity for the added layer of the EU uh, in order for them to work together. Secondly, um, when it comes to um, uh, sharing information on s such things as terrorists and that sort of um, information which are necess necessarily obtained secretively by um, surveillance, that they are, um, th these are shared not across the EU, but by bilateral agreements between countries. They were before, they still are now. It simply isn't yes. true that that's a European-wide thing. And the final point I just want to make on this is that the European arrest warrant is a, is a disaster for human rights. You know, mm. in Britain, we have for a long time had the tradition of habeas corpus. I know the age-old con uh, age concept that you, you need to have proof uh, to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, even um, arrest someone. You need to ha have a reason for arresting them. Uh, and everyone is assumed to be innocent until proven guilty. Yes. That is taken away with the European arrest warrant. And so mm. you can get people just taken away from Britain, and this has happened. There have been cases of this. People have been taken away from Britain, locked up in the jail, when there is no evidence for them yeah. to do so. Okay, fair point. But this is one that really is a strong argument, which is that the claim for remaining in the EU is that we will be better off. And just let me call out a few points here. First of all, more jobs, lower prices for families, and more trade for business. For example, on the better jobs, over 3 million UK jobs are linked to our trade with the EU. That's effectively one in 10 jobs. The other point here about lower prices for families, which is competition between businesses across Europe means lower prices in UK shops, cheaper flights and lower energy bills. That's the other point. And then the other one, which is about the trade for business, which is often something that a lot of people have used as the, as the foundation for the remaining in. 200,000 UK businesses trade with the EU countries and its home um, to almost uh, half our exports. Now, this is based upon the HMRC um, data. And, and, and I think that that's a, a really solid uh, argument, which is essentially you know what you're dealing with. Um, so from a business point of view, one of the things that people are very concerned about is the unknown. Effectively, by leaving, there's going to be a period of time at a point when our economy is very fragile, that's the UK, but also so is Europe. Uh, there are many countries in Europe, of course, who are in severe debt and they've got fragile economies. Mm -hmm. Remaining in the EU for a lot of businessmen, whether that's small to medium-sized businesses, as well as even large ones, would be that by remaining in, there's a bit more stability. So just give me your views on the better off argument. Well, you're talking about being better off because of more jobs was the main, main point you were making. Yes. Um, and, uh, and stability as uh, well. Uh, stability, so keep, yeah, keeping, the, keeping the jobs. Well, the stability argument, now I can, again, the, I do think this is a strong argument on the surface, um, but I, I really think it is, in the end, the weakest argument. For, for remaining. Just to dealing with the jobs figure, um, some time ago there was this figure come up with that 3 million jobs uh, would be lost if Britain lost the EU because they're linked to trade with the European Union. Yeah, they're linked to trade, but they're not linked 
to be the UK being an EU member. That's not the same thing. And we will continue to trade with the EU. Uh, the EU um, sells to us more than we buy from it. The trade deficit is that way. They need us more than we need them. But I want to pose something here. Um, Wouldn't that also mean that a change of law, a change of conditions, by effectively a Brexit coming out, mm. would that mean that those terms would have to change and that's going to lead to uncertainty? Well, yes. Well, that's a separate thing. So what I'm saying is that the jobs thing is unknown. The uncertainty yes. is fair enough. Obviously, uh, you, you, you don't know what's going to happen because you're making a change. Of course, that, yeah. that, in, that's, suggest, that it interjects something that's unknown. But uh, as to whether the um, things would change, well, no, they on, on leaving, no. In that the day, the day after you leave, you sign into, into effect um, sometime later, the fact that you're going to leave, you know, not necessarily on the 24th of June, but sometime later, it's stated that you're going to leave. You leave, and then all the laws that um, are in Britain that have been related to trade with the EU and have, stay exactly the same. They yes. just changed from being EU law to British law. There is no change because they were enacted in British Parliament anyway. But yes. there isn't the uncertainty that people say there is because yes. then over the years a future British government can, if they want, change them. My suggestion is that they would want to change the these um, regulations that are put on business, etc., etc., and the conditions would change, but only when you wanted them to. The uncertainty isn't what you think it is. It's only uncertain... Yes. Uh, in that it depends what government in Britain you vote for. Yes. No, that's fair enough. I mean, in summary, what a lot of the people will say by being part of a union, we know what we're dealing with, and essentially a vote remain will mean a stronger Britain. That's the argument yes. for the points that we've called out. Now, there is another argument, and of course that is about this idea of Brexit, effectively Britain exiting the European Union. So this coined new term, Brexit, is something that's been debated. And an, an unusual but slightly clumsy word, I always find. But let's talk about the idea of going out. Now, what does that mean? Mm. So here's a little poem which uh, just sort of sets a scene, which is, where's the exit? The time has come to flex it, the right to vote and exit. The returning officer checks it, then grabs his passport and legs it. He runs home and wrecks it and waves the flag for Brexit. Yes. Well, if you've grabbed your passport, well, does that mean that we now are going to have to have different terms? How will our borders be affected? Will that mean that um, travelling in and out of, of Europe is going to be different? Even actually having a home on mainland Europe. So... Let's, uh, let's ask uh, Clergyman Pete. So what do you think about the idea of leaving uh, the whole of the European Union, effectively a vote for Brexit? What does that mean to you? Well, uh, yeah, as a clergyman, as a Christian, I'm very much in favour of um, being friendly with people from other nations, uh, believing that there's no, really no such thing as race. All are equal in the sight of God. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't answer the question, and it doesn't mean... Uh, that we should stay in a, uh, a political union with other countries. Rather the opposite. We can be friendlier with people with, um, when you are more secure, when you're more certain of yourself. I believe we'd be a much friendlier neighbour to the European countries, the European peoples, than we are as a member of their club. Yes. Well, 
let's take some of the uh, basis of which uh, many people have used as a, as a solid argument for leaving uh, European Union, which mm. is about the EU law controls uh, on UK migration policy. So, as it stands, more than a quarter of a million people came to the UK from the EU in the last 12 months, mm. a staggering amount of people. Um, the equivalent of the city, remarkably, of the size of Newcastle, which is mm. a northern uh, city in, uh, in the United Kingdom. Now, if this continued for a decade, there would be over 2 million extra people. That's a big burden on our education system and, of course, on our national um, welfare system. So, just on the border control, the migration policy, give me your thoughts on that. Well, there, there is a point to this argument which I take, that in that if you um, are a member of the European Union and membership of that, one of the, precon the preconditions is that you accept um, free movement across borders for workers, then you can end up having many, many extra people in putting putting pressure on your on the services the social services and also because there are so many much poorer countries than britain having a downward pressure on jobs that's much is the strength of this argument the weakness is that we were having a problem with immigration because of the decisions of the british government so yes. it doesn't solve the problem in and of itself um what it does though uh, what it what it does point to however is the in, in favor of leaving the eu is that at least if we voted for a government that was going to control immigration, then we would um, we would have a chance to solve this problem. At least it gives you a chance to solve it, but it doesn't yes. in and of itself solve it. Well, let's look at the economic argument, because there is a really powerful argument here. It says that we pay about £350 million a week, I'll repeat that, uh, £350 million a week to the EU budget. Mm. Now, that's about the same as the cost of buildings, for example, a new national health hospital for every week or hiring 600,000 nurses, bearing in mind that uh, it's difficult to gain qualified nurses, that's a compelling argument. And we get less than half of this back and have no control over how it is spent. So let's talk about the economics here of actually leaving, because many people will say on the invote that actually it will be a bad thing for businesses, let alone the overall government. So just give, talk me your thoughts on, on the economics. Well, well, I think that it is misleading to give that 350 million a week figure. Um, uh, the 350 million doesn't all, you know, leave, doesn't actually go because uh, we negotiated a rebate. It's, it's not that much. And I think it's wrong to claim too much. However, that, it does, that doesn't completely negate the argument because we're still spending millions and millions, whatever we come up with the exact figure, uh, we're still spending million, millions and millions, or rather billions and billions, if you take it over, over the... Collectively, uh, over, yes. Yes, uh, take it collectively. So uh, that's money that we wouldn't have to spend. So it's immediately a money, uh, money that's saved. So it is yes. a strong argument. I just think that using the, the larger figure just to have the shock value is a mistake. Let's talk about the, the real figures. Let's look, look at... Uh, it, uh, look at uh, uh, figures, including the fact that we get a rebate, that we get grants from the EU, and, and, and say the truth. The truth is, the matter is, that what it's about is taking control of the money so we can spend it as we want it. In fact, yes. all of the money isn't the British government's money, of course. It's the people's money. So it should yes. be, uh, the decisions should be taken democratically by the British people on how to spend it. That's the strength of the argument. 
not well, let, the, let, the let headline me just figures. Debris. Yeah, let me just ask another point here, which is about um, this is again um, about the uh, the concept of Brexit. Another reason, which is about law. Yes. Now, what a lot of people will say is is that the UK is perhaps too beholden to the EU, mm-hmm. and that is is that EU law by staying in, if we were to remain in, the claim here is that the EU law will carry on having ultimate authority over British law. The European Court, for example, will continue to overrule our laws and will keep taking powers um, over our, our intelligence services and fight on terrorism and things like that. Mm-hmm. So essentially. The control of what happens within the United Kingdom won't be with the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It will be centralized in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, uh, this, this is true, but it's, it's more complex than simply saying that the, the laws in Britain um, you know, are made in Europe. Because what happens is that the, the European Union Commission um, makes these laws, but they actually they're... Um, generally directives or regulations which are then in uh, then passed through the parliament which can on some laws the eu parliament can actually stop things so there's some uh, but on the important laws they're, they're only advisory they those um those directives then go into the laws of the nation states and are made into laws so there's an argument about how much is actually eu and how much isn't but yes. what we can say is that the majority of laws made in britain um, are come from the European Union and that you have to say the the next bit that I'm going to say to see why that's a problem uh, and it's a problem because the the important laws and laws about things like taxation are not affected by the elected parliament by the MEPs in the European Union they only uh, the decisions are made by the unelected Commission. Now, the commission as a whole could be removed by the MEPs, but individual commissioners, you can't, unless they've done something illegal, you can't get rid of them. And in in general, they're impermeable to public opinion. So that's why it's a problem. It's not where the laws come from, but that the people who they affect have no control over the laws in that they can't sack the people who are making them. No. Interestingly, that the um, former Chancellor of the Exchequer for the United Kingdom, which yeah. is Nigel Lawson, has uh, come out and put his name to uh, the, the Brexit clause. Yeah. And the cause being that as Chancellor, as he was, I, I, uh, this is him speaking, I became increasingly aware that in the economic terms, member or membership of the EU did us more harm yes. than good outside the EU. We would prosper, we would be free, and we would stand tall. Essentially, we would have more independence and more control. So it's interesting that obviously someone who was very much um, part of a government that had paved the way for for the UK to prosper um, has actually sort of put his name to the the Brexit campaign. There are many others. Interestingly for the in campaign, of course, uh, quite ironically, um, still a member of the same party, which is David Cameron, our Prime Minister. He's very much for staying in. Now, I think one of the points that we can conclude here is that uh, whilst we look at uh, politically a very divided um, party, the nation is divided. I think that, you know, even if we look at polls today, which are constantly fluctuating, people are very much undecided. Um, But I think it's pretty much split. Isn't it remarkable that um, we do need to mention something as well, which is this isn't the first time 
that no. we've actually voted um, for something as important as this. So way back in 1975, um, the United Kingdom actually did actually vote. Um, ultimately, they decided to remain in. And that was quite a, a crucial decision that effectively um, influenced many generations to where we stand today. So I guess my question to you, clergyman Pete, is if you had to give a prediction, what is your thoughts on the way that we will go? Will it will be in or out? Well, I, I think that it's in the balance. And it's understandable that it is because, you know, it's it's not that it's a bad idea to have some sort of European Union, some sort of European cooperation organization. The problem is that that this one uh, doesn't be seem isn't working effectively. What do you do about that? Do you stay in and try and change it or do you leave? Uh, on balance, I would say that in a that it's not working and we should leave. It's working against these not only of us but of all the uh, of all the states who are members of it. Um, but that's on balance. The whole thing is on balance. Uh, although throughout this episode, I, I, you can see I've been sided, siding on the side of Brexit. Uh, you know, I, I um, had critical things to say about the arguments that are made for leaving. It's not completely clear cut, but on balance, I think we should we should leave, and I believe that we will. It's like you need the wisdom of Solomon to make this sort of decision. Solomon fa famously was given wisdom by God, and he, he decided on a decision about which, which mother, there were two mothers who had, uh, had, a, a, um, had a baby, one of them died, and they were arguing about who was the baby who was still alive. And the way that he solved it was uh, saying, bring me a sword, and he was going to kill the baby. And uh, the mother who said, no, no, give her the baby, uh, don't kill him, but the mother who was actually concerned for the baby who wanted the best one, she was the one who he said give the baby to. So the question is, what is actually best for the baby in that case? What is actually best for the people living in Britain and living in the countries in Europe? That's what we need to make our decisions based on, not on preconceived ideas about whether we like Europeans or whether we don't. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, from my point of view, I think it's very clear that you have to take a, a broader view on this. If you took a short-term view, you'd probably say leaving the European Union is going to cause big damage both to the economy and that's going to really cause the United Kingdom some big turbulence when it really sits in, the, in a situation where the economy is very fragile as well as um, Europe, as we've mentioned. If you take the longer-term view, that maybe that short-term pain over the next couple of years is probably worth paying to be able to take back control. Well, listeners, what do you think? Do you think it's best that the United Kingdom remains within Europe, effectively the concept of more jobs, lower prices, the NHS is protected? Those are the arguments for staying in. Um, or do you believe it's the last chance to take back control? And should the United Kingdom finally vote for Brexit? Well, we would love to hear from you. Why not uh, drop us a line? Go on to markandp.com and let us know your thoughts. Well, it is the biggest decision that the United Kingdom will make in a generation. So join us next time when we will debate the outcome of the EU referendum. Toodle pip. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.